connected consumer. Hi, my name is Rosie Alpino. And I'm Chris White, and we are the hosts of the Parks Associates podcast, The Connected Consumer. This podcast is all about Parks Associates' data-driven market insights on emerging consumer tech, products, and services, featuring our talented analysts and industry leaders who bring new and innovative products to the market. Throughout this podcast, you'll get an inside look at the latest industry trends focused on connected consumer, home automation, security, energy management, connected health, and independent living, and digital content and video services. In this episode, we'll chat about the latest updates on the MDU smart home market with guest speaker Patrice Samuels, our very own senior research analyst. I want to start off with defining what MDUs is um, for any of our listeners uh, that may not know. Multi-dwelling units, MDUs, are buildings designed to house several different families or other groups of people contained in a single building or several buildings within one complex. Um, the building is typically divided into separate housing units and it's owned by one entity. So Ms. Patrice, you have been doing a bunch of research on MDUs and um, we wanted to have you on the show because so often we're talking about um, the connected consumer as if it's a typical kind of freestanding home. You know, the pictures on all the smart home websites are like a little nuclear family in their ultra modern home. that's on like a lakefront or something like that. But we know internally that there's that a lot of smart home buyers are urban and um, a lot of them are living in a multi-dwelling unit. So, um, yeah, I guess we should also say that. So we say MDU a lot. Um, but it's it's really just a, a multifamily building. It could be a duplex, it could be a high rise, you know, with with tons of different apartments in it. It could be a condo, something like that. So the idea is that it's something like just other than a detached single family home. Um, but those people are still buying smart thermostats and um, and video doorbells and all that. So we we have to think about them. Um, so so what can you tell us about how they're kind of different than um, their sort of single family home detached? home uh, fellow connected consumers? Sure. So you often hear about, you know, two different terms being used sort of interchangeably, which is, you know, the MDU and then multifamily. So the distinction here is that MDU includes specialty buildings such as your, you know, your student housing or your senior living facilities, et cetera, while multifamily properties typically refer to your more traditional apartments, if you will. Now, to your point, you know, this is a really important segment and we see where about 31% of U.S. households live in MDUs, which is a major segment of the U.S. population. Now. The majority of MDUs are occupied by renters, but about one third are occupied by owners. And again, there's often a misconception that MDU renters tend to be, you know, younger consumers. However, what we're finding is that they do very broadly in age. One of the things we're seeing, though, as we look at age is that you know, we made the distinction between multifamily owners and renters, and we do see where, you know, owners of multifamily properties tend to be a little bit older, with the large majority being older than 34 years. Sure. So, that makes sense. 
as I mentioned, this this is generally a very diverse group, and you know there's a lot of opportunities there to provide robust technical products and services to this market. Now, one area that is increasingly important, of course, is, is broadband services. Now, we know that many consumers who live in MDUs tend to you know move around more often, and it is often a real inconvenience to wait to get their broadband services up and running. In fact, in many cases, it can take up to two weeks just to get these services up and running after mm -hmm. you moved. Now, we know that consumers now need broadband to, you know, live, work, learn, shop, connect the healthcare, banking, everything, basically, right? And, you know, with the social, uh, social distancing guidelines during COVID-19, it, it became abundantly clear that consumers' lifestyles are now more dependent on reliable connectivity and high-speed internet access than ever. At September 2020, we were looking at data that was showing that 59% of workers reported that a household member was working remotely. And 63% of parents who we interviewed reported that they had a child schooling or attending school remotely. So reliable high-speed broadband is really a must-have in this group. And we're seeing where about 40% of MBU renters are interested in both broadband internet from their property manager. And in addition, we're seeing where 70, 70, 77% percent of those who are interested are reporting that they're willing to pay higher rental fees to get these services so they can have them up and running quickly. I would. Exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, you know, I'm on the marketing side of Parks Associates. So I've worked a lot with content marketing and outside articles. So I've seen a lot of our research that shows um, MDUs or uh, MDU residents are starting to expect, you know, these certain connected products and devices, while others are more like amenities that are um, attractive to people that are searching for a new apartment or a condo. Um, could you give us a little bit more detail on consumer wants versus expectations? Sure. So, well, we did a survey of multifamily property managers in August of this year. And what we found was that 57% of property managers are interested in bulk internet services. Uh, and this is in at least one of their properties. So property managers manage multiple properties. So, so they were referring to putting this or having these implemented in at least one property. Now, bulk internet services, as you just heard me, refer to. This is where the property manager sort of enters into an agreement with the internet service provider where the resident pays the property manager directly for services and then the property manager in turn pays the internet service provider. Now what was even more interesting is that 55% of these property managers said that they offer the service because they perceive that it's now an expectation mm -hmm. among their residents. So we're now seeing where, you know, given this information, we have several internet service providers that are targeting this, this MDU segment to offer these bulk internet services. And this includes your traditional internet service providers, such as the, you know, AT&Ts and Spectrum, but also there are a number of other smaller internet service providers emerging that are really targeting services to these MDU properties and are really offering some strong competition to these traditional providers. Now, separate from these bulk internet services, Wi-Fi is also being used to attract new MBU residents. And we're seeing where about 
of property managers who offer Wi-Fi services on their properties report that they do so primarily to attract residents. So there are other reasons, of course, such as, you know, you can drive some, you know, additional higher revenue and that kind of thing. But the majority are saying that they do this so they can attract more, more, more customers, basically. Now, 89% of those who do not offer these services report that they plan to do that in the next 12 months. So it's really becoming a very important service in the MBU space. Yeah. Now, also, for those who have, who are who have not implemented Wi-Fi services at all within their properties, high deployment cost is often one reason given for not implementing the services, and also technical problems can also be a leading reason. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing where, yep, we're seeing where about a third of the property managers who have already implemented these services report that they've had difficulties, such as you know maintaining connectivity and also just managing resident credentials can also be a challenge. Just managing those credentials that they use to sign on to the service. So in order for these arrangements to really work and to be mutually beneficial to both, you know, to property managers, residents, internet service providers, everyone, it's important that the internet service providers sort of manage property Wi-Fi networks and in ways that promote good experiences all around. Now, beyond the Wi-Fi, there's also the expanded use of technologies in and around MBU properties. And that's sort of evident in residents' use of connected devices. Now, the adoption of smart home devices like thermostats, video doorbells, smart lights, and smart door locks among MBU residents has grown significantly since 2018. In fact, in when we did some research in 2020, we were finding that MBU resident adoption of smart home devices significantly surpassed adoption among residents in your more traditional single family home. We were finding that 41% of MBU broadband households report owning at least one smart home device, and that compared to 34% of those living in single family homes. So that's especially interesting, Patrice. So obviously when you're buying all these devices and bringing them in to the to your home, you kind of, when you live in a single family home that you own and all that, you have the freedom to do whatever you need to do to install it. Like what what are the, what are the different approaches people are taking and, and kind of like what are the issues surrounding people showing up with bringing their own devices versus using the ones that the property manager is providing? There are different permissions that are allowed. You know, some properties don't even allow you know, their residents to install a lot of these devices. A lot of devices, you know, there's some additional wiring that needs to take place and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, property managers are just not wanting to have a lot of, you know, residents, you know, boring holes and doing additional wiring in their properties. That's that's just not something that you know is really good in general for the property. That you know, there's a lot of turnover and new residents coming in, coming and going at different times. But it is fair to say, though, that some residents are still bringing in their own devices and kind of using them in the home in ways that are not like a permanent change and then bringing them with them when they leave. Is that that's still true? There are some devices and I know we don't at parks consider or classify smart speakers, for example, as a typical smart home device. But I would imagine if residents do purchase a device like a smart speaker, then they would take it with them when they're leaving. Thermostats are more complex, but I don't have, we haven't had research yet to show whether or not residents are, you know, who have implemented a thermostat, which I'm sure, you know, many don't have permission to do that, mm-hmm. whether or not they would be taking them with them after they've left the property or not. Right, now that the, so the interesting 
part, something that really strikes me coming out of all this is that, you know, again, we're thinking of the family a lot of times as the customer. And while they're the consumer kind of in air quotes because they're the end user in kind of the MDU space, it's the property manager who are actually making the buys and, you know, spending the money, choosing the brands that they choose, dealing with the services like you talked about, you know, troubleshooting and things like that with broadband. How, you know, since, since we did this study that you worked on with the property managers actually giving the feedback, can you talk to us a bit about what their property managers are saying, their experiences with the smart home devices? Sure. I mean, property managers are embracing smart home devices as far as I, I, I can see. We have 95% of property managers now who we surveyed report that they think that smart home devices can really significantly increase rental rental fees and, and the majority of them give give values of between five and a thirty percent that they can see in terms of these additional rental fees. So you know the, the additional revenues that that can drive is just one of the important factors to them. When we ask about the different benefits, such as reducing operating costs, increasing rental values, we just find that that increase in rent is very important. And there's there, the numbers that they're giving for the increases are significantly high as well. Now, among those who currently use their devices on the property, we're also finding that they're satisfied with the devices. So more than 90% are satisfied with the reliability of the devices. And we're finding a high percentage too are saying that they're finding the devices are easy to use, which is a which is a major plus right there. Now, those who do not currently use the devices tend to expect lower rental increases. That's that's kind of what we're seeing. Mm. The numbers are, are fairly close, but we're finding that those who are actually using the devices are actually they're actually reporting that higher increases or, or higher benefits than those who are not reporting devices. And those who are not reporting devices are really reporting on what they expect the benefits to be. Now, property managers are, the property managers who are using devices are also more likely to think that the devices are, are, are providing better experiences. So when we ask those who are not using the devices, you know, what they think about them, they generally tend to think that the devices will be more problematic as well. So what do property managers want when investing in these devices? We're finding that the use cases around preventing theft and burglary are the ones that they're finding most appealing. A relatively high percentage also find the ability to monitor HVAC systems to prevent sort of major emergencies. You know, that that use case is very appealing because, you know, repairing those systems can be very costly to an apartment. So they're they're saving money there. And then managing the use of lights is surprisingly one of those features that, you know, they're finding interesting or one of the use cases that they find appealing. I guess it's really difficult to, you know, go around to each property and manually turn lights off. So, you know, just being able to remotely control that is something that <laughs> now these use cases are really driving the expansion of smart home device adoption among this group. So from our recent survey, we find that, you know, among those who do not have smart home devices already, we find that 84% of those property managers intend to install connected devices in at least one of their properties in the next 12 months. And among this group as well, you know, they're very optimistic. 87% expect to achieve some kind of return on their smart home device investment 
in two or three months. And actually, that's actually pretty realistic when we look at the numbers that are coming out in terms of the additional rent that they're able to charge per month and you know how much they pay for the initial upfront costs for these devices. They can make that revenue back in, in months based on some of the numbers that I'm seeing. Now, property managers also are aware that they have a lot of options when it comes to the vendor that they choose to, to adopt and install these smart home devices. So we're finding that the vendor selection is, is important and it's gonna be a major differentiator going, you know, differentiator going forward just by just, you know, just by the, the kinds of devices that they offer and their ability to integrate their systems into sort of the back-end management systems of, of these of these property manager buildings. You know, the the vendors that are in the space is is that is an increasingly competitive space and they really must sort of you know have regular dialogue with these property managers to find out what's important to them right. and get get ahead of it you know just be proactive and i tell you and i can tell you that forming these sort of proactive integrations with the systems that the majority of property managers are already using is probably going to be a real differentiator going forward because it will allow these properties to you know onboard more seamlessly per se or or mm -hmm. or invest in these products efficiently is, is, is probably the best way to put it there. Right, right. Great insights. Um, so we're getting close to the end of this episode. Um, I know there's so much more to talk about, but we'll save it for another another one. Um, so give us any sneak peeks on, you know, what's coming soon on, you know, MBU research or anything smart home related. So, yeah, so so as you know, a lot of this research that I talked about, a lot of the data points that I gave in, in this in this uh, episode is really looking at the property manager view of the smart home, which is what we've been studying in detail so far this year. But we do have additional research coming out that's going to give some insight on the consumer side of things. So it's going to be really interesting to compare, you know, we look at use cases that probably managers find interesting and we're seeing that, you know, being able to manage the lights and being able to, you know, manage the HVAC systems and property security are some of the things that really stood out when looking at the property manager side of things. So we're doing the same thing on the consumer side. We want to examine the use cases that they're finding interesting. And it would be really interesting to see if the needs are the same. Ultimately, you know, any vendor who is, you know, trying to provide services to this space is going to be very important, even though the property manager is the buyer, ultimately the property manager wants to satisfy their residents. So it's going to be important for them to understand both sides of the equation and build solutions that will really meet the needs of everyone involved. And it's sort of mutually beneficial. We've come back to that word that I mentioned in the beginning. Yeah, that's great. So Patrice, um, also in there, plug, plug yourself. How can people get in touch with you if they want to ask you more questions and talk to you more about these topics? Sure. So reach out to me at Park Associates. Reach out to me by email, patrice.samuels at parkassociates.com. I'm also Patrice at Parks on Twitter. I, I think those might be the most efficient ways to, to get through to me, but I think those are, those are good ways. Hey, Connected Consumers, thanks for tuning in today. Now, please make sure to look out for our next episode where we're going to cover more about privacy and security, connected health, and so much more. And as always, we want your feedback. So please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tweet at us. Um, Chris, what's your Twitter? I'm C. White, C. White Insights. C. 
see white insights and i just changed mine recently because it's so much easier to pronounce so you can just tweet at me at rosie olpino um, or you can tweet at parks associates to let us know what you think and what you like to hear next <laughs>